Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. This was my Desert Island Discs, like, yes. you know, for years. Like, I have my Desert Island Discs there ready, and I had my five. You had to be there as ready as well. <laughs> Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Some of these critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. Yes, it is the Hurling Power Rankings, and it is the esteemed presenter of the Hurling Pod, Will O'Callaghan. Will, good morning. Wow. Good morning, lads. Good to see that uh, Colm is getting some use out of the bottle that he got from coming in for a slight tangent last week. It's become oh. a prized possession by the looks of it. This guy. Now, he's setting himself up for a compliment, but I'm going to give it to him. Go on. I was like, where did you get these bottles from? They're what's class. The, what's the bottle? A charcoal coloured bottle. Right? Is it news talk? Or it's no, uh, unbranded. Unbranded. So and it's black. Uh, it's a black, black bottle. Yeah. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. And then Willow Callahan, like, uh, like, high school jock style. He was like, hey, kid, catch threw it over to me and I caught it he's good juxtap fumbled it like the nerd like yeah, yeah. and then uh, and then I'm using it and it's beautiful because it actually cools the liquid now that's a compliment to Will but the con of Will I wanted him right here next to us right he had promised he had promised us some in person Will O'Callaghan goodness but look at you now remote still looking well but not here I got slightly delayed this morning and then basically my equation was I'm either on the train talking to you guys on my phone or I'm going to go back home and be in position to talk to you on a mic so I think I probably did the right thing yeah. but hey I mean, it's unfortunate I'm not right beside you right now you just wanted to avoid all the uh, the celebrity attention that you get on the trains like did you have a did someone comment someone commented back the, the guy who who you were speaking about and it was at the crappy quiz or something last week Will had a yeah because because Mick called him a stalker in the intro which was <laughs> incredibly harsh um, <laughs> obviously Mick wants to get a little bit of attention your man looks at it and goes hey I watch the crappy quiz every week and now I've been called a stalker on it so no I can I can say faithfully the commenter on YouTube was not a stalker or a weirdo or whatever way Mick may have portrayed him in the intro I'd say Will Calhoun's a recognised man oh Jesus Do you know yeah. I don't think he go far like I'd say people are calling him all the time takes it well yeah well, I, I'm going to put this up straight away before we get into the rankings. Will, why should we go to the Hurling Pod live? Um, because we've got some excellent guests for a start uh, to even do a soften of selling it. So Joe Canning is there, former Hurler of the Year. James Scales, former teammate with Galway, which means... Well, I, well, I put up a tweet last night saying, I'm sure that Canning has got some great stories on Scales. Scales' first response in the WhatsApp group was, wait until you hear the stories that I have about Canning. So that's going to be uh, pretty interesting. They're going to be going out to try and outdo each other on the night. And two of the guests that I can tell you guys first here on OTBAM that we're going to have on the night as well. Uh, one of Limerick's greatest ever, a man who ran the skin literally off his feet in a Munster final in Kieran Carey, one of Limerick's oh, best yeah, players he's... of all time. And the great Tommy Welch. On the day he comes back mm. from holidays, he is going to the Borgosh Energy Theatre. He said he couldn't miss the occasion, so he's going to be there as well. You know, just the nine all-stars for Tommy across his career. It's almost like the Avengers. We're bringing the best pundits in the country together for one night in the Borgosh Energy Theatre. July 20th, all proceeds from the tickets are going to the Dylan Quirk Foundation and Focus Ireland. So you're supporting two really good causes if you come along in the night as well. And it's only three days out from the All-Ireland Final. And I waited till the semi-finals were over to book the last few guests because I was waiting to see what the composition was going to be. Well, I've given you one of Limerick's best best Monica Kilkenny's best to preview the final between Limerick and Kilkenny uh, on that Sunday Tommy be wearing his suit and tie no doubt putting everyone to shame 
Off well, he might back. still be in his holiday clothes, Shane. He might be back in the day. Yeah. That was his promise to me. He said, I'm coming back that afternoon, but I'll go to the Borgosh that night. So I'm perfectly okay. If Tommy wants to come in in his shorts and a Hawaiian shirt, that's absolutely fine. We'll let him so up stage it. anyway. The charisma on stage that night. Oh, it, sorry. It'd be too much for people. It's true. That's going to be, be a lot several of... intervals. What well, a day that is. Him, that's just Gael and Murphy alone. Yeah, I know. What a, day, what a day that will be overall for sport. Ireland's first game down under yeah. that morning. Mm. And then you take a break, put your head down for a while, go back out to Will. July 20th, this is. July 20th. Also the anniversary of the moon landings, the first moon landing on Apollo 11. Course, what a day. Of course it is. What a day. So it's all, <laughs> right, it might be, might be as significant. I think it's four days after uh, the Indians were liberated from Galway as well. All oh, right. Father Ted folklore. Brilliant. Marathon. Uh, Offtheball.com forward slash events, Will, is it for tickets? That's it, yeah. You can pick them up there. If you check out the Off The Ball Twitter, you'll see the various different tweets about it as well. Pick up your tickets. Uh, pick up two and come along in the night. Um, yeah, it should be great. And I mean, uh, you're talking about charisma. Paul Murphy on the BBC at the weekend has uh, caught out Lee Chin uh, taking a sneaky picture of him while they were posing for another picture at the weekend. Mm. So that's how much of a star Paul Murphy is. He was on Virgin Media, OTB, BBC across the weekend, the busiest man in showbiz. You can. I think we've just about tracked him down to actually be there on the 20th as well. Oh, fantastic. That'll be a good night's crack for sure. Uh, we'll get into the power rankings proper. Will, we might as well. Uh, there haven't been many changes, of course. We've only had the two semi-finals since. I, I think you can skip the first two slides this time around, Shane, given right, nobody has played on the first two. Fair, yeah. People remember where, where each county will have been. Otherwise, you can go back and have a look. With 18, Kildare, Meath, Down, 16, Kerry, 15, Leash, 14, Offaly, 13 we have on screen for you there. Uh, 12 Carlo, 11 Westmeath, Antrim and 10, Wexford 9, Waterford 8, Dublin 7, and then get to the top 6. Talk us through the top 6, Will. Well, the top six doesn't have a huge amount of change. You'll mm. see the one change that's happened is second and third have flipped around after Kilkenny's win against Clare. Uh, Galway stay in fourth place following their defeat against Limerick. And Limerick, who, here we are, five All-Ireland finals in six seasons, sit at the top. And so many times you guys tried to get me to budge Limerick from the top. Darrow <laughs> Donovan was talking about people writing them off during the Munster Championship, uh, coming out after the Munster final, saying people thought they were dead and buried ahead of the final round. And here they are, top of the tree, and I think very much favourites going into it to potentially uh, win four in a row in a couple of weeks' time. And that would uh, equal the success of the Kilkenny team if Limerick were to do so. But Kilkenny could have an interesting piece of history in themselves where TJ Reid could become the first man to win 14 All-Ireland titles across county and club, (laughs) which would be an incredible achievement. We know, and I know you guys mentioned earlier with John, he will finish this season as the top scorer in the All-Ireland Hurling Championship. I don't think this is going to be a retirement season for TJ even going into his 36th year. Uh, he's gone seven points ahead of Patrick Corgan after scoring 12 at the weekend. But 14 All-Ireland titles would be incredible. He's been the star man for Ballyhale Shamrocks. He's gone through what's felt like a very lean period for Kilkenny. But this will be the ultimate cherry on top, I think, if he was to get this Kilkenny team back to the top of the mountain. They have a lot to do. We saw what happened when these teams met in the league final earlier this year and Limerick out-hurled Kilkenny entirely. We saw last year that Limerick had the answers in the All-Ireland final. But Kilkenny, I think, will be happy enough to fly in a little bit under the radar into this final, having won the Leinster final in such dramatic circumstances and then dramatically beaten Clare last weekend as well. Kilkenny, I think, justifiably go up to second place on the penultimate power rankings of the year. Where is uh, TJ Reid and your power rankings of greatest ever players? 
oh, he's he's right up there. He really is. Like I think himself and Canning were the best players of the decade just gone by. If you were to take say twenty ten to twenty twenty, and you can probably dispute and argue, and Scale and Murphy debated for their former teammates in the hurling pot earlier this year that you know aesthetically you might enjoy what Canning does, the flicks, the skill, the things that he seems to be one of the only players that would be capable of doing. And TJ is an absolute machine, one of the best fielders of all time, an incredible free taker. Not to take away mm. from how good Canning is on the free as well but TJ coming up in clutch moments during matches and we saw at the weekend he just went out there and kept Kilkenny ticking over even at the times when uh, Clare came right back into the game in the second half when they pushed their players back up TJ was there as the man who was leading the forward line you might be seeing Adrian Mullen and Owen Cody emerging as the next best uh, for the next generation for Kilkenny but TJ is always there and like I think back to that free uh, particularly in the club championship a couple of years ago when they beat St Thomas's in Semple Stadium I, like, is there any other player than TJ Reid who would have reversed that into the other top corner with the very last puck of the game? So he's an incredible, incredible player. Paul Murphy said the weekend he has him right up there with Henry Shefflin, which is the ultimate praise yeah. because I think when Henry Shefflin uh, hung up his playing boots, I think most people would agree probably the best player we've ever seen, certainly the most successful player we've ever seen. But Paul was making the point that if TJ Reid had been a few years younger and on that team, he would have also been one of the star forwards on the Kilkenny team that went so close to doing five in a row. So he's an absolutely incredible player. It actually felt like a slightly unfair advantage number of frees Kilkenny had at the weekend because mm. TJ Reid is almost <laughs> flawless. Like, Yeah, well, Claire France had issues with the officiating generally probably well more so more so I think the fact that the play wasn't allowed to develop for yeah. what would have been a Mark Rogers goal but it's it's kind of a funny game to analyse because we remember the key moments during that match and I kind of get the feeling that Kilkenny almost won that game they almost won two games 12 months ago because the conservatism that Clare hurled with was definitely borne out from what happened last season when Kilkenny won by 12 points. And Brian Lowen said it, that after 25 minutes last year, they were beaten in that semi-final. Mm. And I think with the injury concerns they had with McInerney, Conlon, and particularly Conor Cleary at full-back, I think preserving their goal was the most important thing for Clare in the first half. But going out there with the sweeper played into Kilkenny's hands. And Kilkenny made hay in the first half of that game and got themselves into a very good position. And then we saw in the second half when Clare were that little bit more direct, all right, Shane O'Donnell scores an absolute wonder goal, which is probably how we'd remember the game if it wasn't for a save from the best goalkeeper of all time in Owen Murphy <laughs> uh, just before full time. But like these are the moments we remember in the game. But if you look back and look at how good Clare were in that third quarter particularly, yeah. they will be kicking themselves that they didn't get to this All-Ireland final. Still just the one championship win that they have against Kilkenny going back to 1997. Mm. So, you can you can definitely read a lot into the fact that Kilkenny you've got great Crow Park experience great Crow Park record something that Clare haven't had since they won the All-Ireland Final in 2013 Yeah you were saying on the hurling pod on Sunday night when you went live after the game as well it's about a decade since Clare won the championship at Crow Park like against Cork in the replay uh, also another thing that was said uh, on the hurling pod on Sunday mm-hmm. night James Skell <laughs> did call Owen Murphy the best save he has seen or maybe the wording was I haven't seen better than that mm-hmm. I want to ask yep. Willow Callaghan where does it rank for him considering it is the rankings oh. I happened and like I was listening to you guys chatting to JD earlier and you named out a string of very good saves along the way and I saw a save that Damien Martin made against Galway back in the 80s as well where he was at full stretch and it looked like the ball was going into the top corner and uh, the Davy Fitzgerald save in 1997 is right up there but I think we take the circumstance into account here in that 
the ball comes through a string of bodies when it's doubled on by Duggan. And there can't have been a huge amount of time that Owen Murphy would have had milliseconds probably when he sees the slitter flying through um, at incredible pace. He's already kind of shifted. When you see the angle from behind the goal, you see how good a save it is as well. He shifted a little bit to the left, I think, to try and get visibility on where the ball is. And he has to readjust his body at the very last second. And he gets an incredibly strong hand onto it to flick it with the boss onto the crossbar and then for the ball to come clear. Obviously, there's a little bit of luck. We saw the goal that Galan scored on Saturday where there's a block that goes up onto the bar, comes back and yeah. he doubles on it on the ground with a ground stroke and finishes into the net. But incredibly hard to save, an unconventional height, unconventional angle, and somehow the cat in the Kilkenny goals manages to somehow readjust and just save it. It's just absolutely unbelievable stuff to send them into a final. An incredible moment. Where, where were they going with only three minutes of injury time? Mm. Yeah, and it felt like it slowed down a little bit during injury time as well. I thought there definitely was time to go for a little bit longer. And I think Kilkenny were particularly relieved at that point because Clare at a 65, which they kind of tried to drop in short and Kilkenny uh, just managed to get a rook situation. The ball came out. The referee blew the whistle fairly tight and three minutes gone. So, yeah, look, sometimes you get that bit of extra time. Sometimes you don't. And in this case, the time just ran out for Clare when really they were the architects of their own downfall a little bit earlier as well with the nature of the second own Cody goal that went in. Like you're just thinking that you can understand that they wanted to go short to try and work the ball back out. Um, but when Rory Hayes takes it into traffic now, granted, Kilkenny swarm around very impressively. And the aforementioned TJ Reid plays a lovely pass to Owen Cody, which is maybe underrated a little yeah. bit as well, because the finish is very good. But mm. Claire should have had that ball cleared. I think sometimes when you get into a dangerous situation like that, instead of going for the one two, there can be a lot to be said for just clearing your lines when you see the Kilkenny were pushing up on you as well. So um, that's something Claire will have to ruminate over the winter about. Yes. And there were different times during the Munster Championship, particularly when they came away from the Gaelic grounds with the win in the Munster Championship itself, where you thought this Clare team have got an All-Ireland final in them this year and even after the Munster final you thought it was going to be a trilogy between mm. Clare and Limerick but again right off Kilkenny at your pearl that's not to be well I, I, I will brag about this later in the week I did call Kilkenny by one to three points on the quick picks which will it's it's, re- it's really bad news on the quick picks as well because a few lads were pointing out on the live part of the weekend they were like oh yeah Will was a lot more convinced by the margin of victory that Limerick would have against um, Galway in the first yeah. game and I'm thinking yeah but it's not much good when they win by nine and you've predicted they'll win by six so there's still <laughs> no bonus point to be had I think Shane Hannon is in a very comfortable position at the top of the quick picks now we may well have to add in more parameters to try and slow him down in the box seat although we have Dublin Monaghan to come well this weekend so um, you know and it's tough to yeah. go against your own county I've, so, yeah. I've a feeling you're probably going against the grain so maybe uh, we'll go with favouritism with Dublin so Quite possibly let's we'll see but like lads Limerick are well out in front at the top um, I think we asked a few weeks ago had the margin come down between the teams mm. at the very top I think that Limerick performance after the 25th minute yeah. was they just blew Galway away disappointing if you're a Galway supporter because you know they were very limp in the second half but Limerick worked out the problems even without Hannon even without Finn they were incredibly impressive and just on the Nicky Quaid point because I know you guys yeah. were talking about earlier on as well the six minutes after Nicky Quaid went down to check on his uh, contact lens Limerick won by two points to one and Galway had two goal chances I think right, sometimes the narrative enough. ends up yeah. uh, seeming a lot more dramatic than it is and I'm sure it's, like, it's not the last time that a goalkeeper will go down uh, to ensure that a message can get on but even James Skell who was in a conciliatory mood on Sunday on the live show said it was also an opportunity for Galway to get information onto the pitch at the same time as well so um, it's dangerous to read into that and think oh the Nicky Quaid moment was the moment that Galway yeah. stopped I actually think when Galway withdrew and went to a one man full forward line a few minutes earlier that was the moment that the game switched plus I think Galway looked out gas at that point as well if Hannon's only half fit would you still start him and give him a half I think they will yeah I, I think if he's able to get onto the pitch and 
obviously having the extra two weeks for the final is going to make a difference there was talk of four weeks he'd potentially be out for so if he's touch and go and he gets back to training next week ahead of the game I think he would want his experience around number six it's not that Will O'Donoghue had any particular problems I just think you're stealing away from what O'Donoghue can be doing in the middle of the field by comparison and Darrow Donovan did a great job he was named man the match in RT and he controlled that middle area and if it comes to it you can always drop back in Keane Lynch or you can put someone else around the middle sector Uh, this is the big advantage that you have if you're Limerick because there's so many players that can kind of plug in and play in various different positions but I think if Hannon is fit you want him steering your team for number six in an All-Ireland final now they won without Hannon in the league final earlier this year Mm. where Dan Morrissey was playing at number six so it just goes to show that John Kiley can do it in different ways and there was that kind of just feeling as well that Keane Lynch is starting to come back to uh, top form at different times during the semi-final as well he's been battling through that hamstring injury throughout the year you know I thought Kyle Hayes put in a very good performance didn't play at six where he was named again we saw a couple of moments from Garrod Hegarty which is scary stuff for everyone watching Limerick at the moment if there's maybe a couple of extra gears to come from them potentially in the All-Ireland final yeah scary stuff and it's, it's funny how even Colm you mentioned earlier that the, there are so many moments from those two games that might go under the radar because of the results the O'Donnell goal because Clare lost the Mannion goal for Galway because Galway lost oh Carl Mannion's goal was absolutely yeah, great one of the best finishes I've ever seen Cooley's yeah, pass Cooney. inside as well oh. and the finish like it was a low percentage effort Will like, he shouldn't have even gone for goal but even no, the, I think I think the Limerick defenders didn't think he was going to go mm. for goal. I think they thought that he was running out of space um, after the break, and that Carl Mannion was probably going to shorten his grip and just tap it over at that yeah. point. So it was incredibly ballsy to mm. shoot across goal, especially against Nicky Quaid, who was an outstanding goalkeeper. And we're talking about great goalkeepers uh, with Murphy. Uh, what a finish but then that's what Carl Mannion has in his locker and it's why I think we talked about the power rankings a couple of weeks ago where we were praising Mannion playing deeper in the role against Tipperary mm. but if you could have Carl Mannion further up the field that's what he brings penetrative runs he's a fantastic shooter and I, I think if you're Henry Shefflin looking into next year you would love to have Carl Mannion in a more prominent position up front because the scores really did dry up for Galway once they brought um, that change around where Kincannon stayed as the only man inside and I felt when Conor Whelan came out the field a little bit he got lost in the game Big time. while he was incredibly dangerous in the first 20 minutes or so so again I think that's the decision that Galway will look back on and think if they've been slightly more brave maybe they could have asked more questions about a Limerick defence which has been patched together because mm-hmm. of Finn and Hannon been out as well but uh, it was comfortable for them once they had extra men back there Yeah it was the audacity from uh, from Mannion as well I think probably the element of surprise Nicky Quaid might not have been expecting the shot on goal there was also in the Kenny Clare game and it'll be lost because of the old Murphy save on 22 minutes I think it was mm-hmm. Conor Fogarty makes a block on a certain Clare goal and it's like that, that'll be lost to the Holy. whispers of time because of the Owen Murphy save but like only for that I mean it was an unbelievable block in itself it almost felt like a meme Shane it's like he came out of nowhere and next thing there's Fogarty there uh, to make a block slash hook uh, just at the very last second when Clare were about to score a goal so that's the thing for Clare they look back at it and say there's two certain goals if it wasn't for incredible moments in the game that they could have scored and he has to take huge credit for that and the way it kind of summed up Kilkenny I know it can sound like a cliche when we talk about a team really wanting it and hooks and blocks are really important and you know but if you think about it the goal that Owen Cody scored was down largely to the work rate of the Kilkenny forward and in Fogarty's case it was about the work rate of getting back at the last moment to be there when you know other players may, may not have burst themselves uh, to get back into that position and the other thing is I really feel for the Kilkenny hurlers who are now going to have to have a dry day the day before the All-Ireland final Killian Buckley's wedding oh, what unfortunate yeah. timing oh, <laughs> on the Saturday before the All-Ireland final so I'm sure they're all going to go and have a, f- a fine time but they'll probably be leaving the reception at a very reasonable hour to be back oh. in their bed ahead of the All-Ireland final to be fair to Killian and his, and his uh, future spouse like if you're booking a date for, for a wedding 
Uh, as a Kilkenny hurler. A lack of self-confidence there. Come on. Come on. Well, I mean, apparently I'm told through Paul Murphy that they booked the wedding a couple of years ago <laughs> and it was when the right. final wasn't as far oh, yeah. back as it is oh, now. Fair enough. So fair I think enough, the plan yeah. is the wedding would have been, if the calendar was the same as it was two years ago, it would have been, I think, a week or two weeks after the All-Ireland final in the oh, hurling. Right. Uh, so unfortunately, you can't really switch it round when <laughs> the calendar changes the year out. Yeah. Um, uh, on the hurling pod on Sunday, Will, you were saying not necessarily a foregone conclusion, the result of the final. We asked John Duggan earlier, he didn't hesitate. He said Limerick. What are you thinking? No hesitation about I think the fact that Limerick are going to win. That's not like Kilkenny won't care if every single pundit between now and Sunday week say that Limerick are going to win. And even if people very confidently predict that Limerick are going to win, they won't care. They will point out to last year that they were still in the game in the closing stages and they'll go up there to try and upset Limerick in the final. But for me, I think this Limerick team have just kind of worked their way into the year a little bit. Those single score games in Munster were about teams really going at them. We saw at the weekend what Limerick can do when a response is needed when there were six points down in the game. They've got all that experience. I think you'd be silly to back against a team that have shown so much over the last five or six years and getting themselves out of those type of positions. Um, I think they're a team that we really should savour because there will come a time when this run will come to an end. But at the moment, they're absolutely awesome. And I think it's going to be a league and championship double for Limerick this year Mm. with a Munster title sandwich in the middle as well. Just, you know, win all the silverware. 16 finals out of 16 under Kylie. So... Yeah. back against that yeah, that kind of answers the question Patrick Coleman puts in the YouTube comments Will how much will it drive Kilkenny on to get revenge for the league final in last year's All-Ireland I think <laughs> I mean, they'll, they'll, be a lot, they'll be a lot better in the league final that's yeah, the first imagine they were so. very disappointed in Porky Cueve that day I think they'll definitely bring their performance up from there like having Mullen back in his electric pink boots is a big boost for them um, ahead of the final as well so and Owen Cody is in remarkable form you could probably argue that Kilkenny are despite the fact they only got over Clare by three points this time as opposed to 12 last year I think Kilkenny almost looked in better form coming off that semi-final than they did last season. So I, I think this is going to be another tight one. Don't for a minute think that Limerick are going to roll Kilkenny over. Mm. But again, I find it very difficult to oppose Limerick overall. Mark says, lads, as neutral, the officiating was outrageously one-sided. This is on the uh, Claire Kilkenny game, I assume. The contrast and freeze given were scandalous and then three minutes out of time was just a joke. Let's call a spade a spade. And Crack of the Ash, uh, Will, says, when is Scale going to get pulled for still not having watched any Father Ted needs dealing with? I, th- I think fairly soon. Um, somebody tweeted us, um, you know, the I made the BBC moment with Henry Sellers uh, when he loses the head. Uh, well, obviously, Paul was on the BBC at the weekend. So one of our listeners sent us a Photoshop of Paul Murphy's head onto Henry Sellers saying I made the BBC <laughs> and was very quick to point out all three of you will get this, but not Skell because he's never seen it. So, yeah, I, I, this is the scary part. Skell has not watched much Simpsons or much Father Ted. So I have to kind of wonder what was happening as a child in Cappy that he managed to miss probably the two shows that everybody watched when they were of a certain age. But this is a James Skell who the night before an All-Ireland final was out fixing a bridge um, because he went to try and bring home a load of turf. So What a lovely, you know. what a lovely we, we come full circle here because we were talking about bridges on the start of the show, Will, and, and I was talking about my, my favourite bridges and we were getting a lot of comments. So we <laughs> got to go. Bridges. We got to go. What a fantastic <laughs> Let's win. get out of here. Will, great stuff. Thanks a million. Thanks, lads. That is the Hurling Power Rankings. I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time for them, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.